Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 74. How you doing? What's going on? How's your weekend? How was your last two weeks? Huh. You know, there's this song by Peter Murphy called My Last Two Weeks. It's very beautiful. It's in sort of Peter Murphy's best solo era, I would say. And I never really thought about that when I do these intros. Last two weeks. You took away my last two weeks. I'm going to listen to that song later today. Anyway, how's it going? I have had an insane, insane two weeks. Let me tell you. I guess I will come right out and start by talking about the fact that one of my best friends died of an apparent heart attack at the age of 44 on Wednesday. Oh, that was hard to say. Uh, his name was Andy Shea. He was a listener of this podcast, a reader of many, many things, but including my Facebook posts every day, all my books. His mom bought my Star Trek book. Uh, he read the entirety of my struggle, all five volumes, and even though he didn't think it was good, because <laughs> he's one of those guys that couldn't finish or couldn't stop or put down a book, even if he didn't like it. It's really just an amazingly well-read man. And the, the, sort of the amazing thing about Andy Shea is he was like the world's nicest asshole. And he is probably the man that in my life had the most self-improvement through the years. And it was a privilege to know him for more than 20 years, 25 years, perhaps somewhere in there. <laughs> we drank a lot back then. Exact dates are a little hard to come by. Uh, Og Stone, his other good friend and I are trying to piece a lot of it together this week. Uh, I've been going through his live journal from 2002 onward. Every post is just a beautiful short gem. He was a phenomenal writer, even though he didn't like to write. <laughs> And uh, I just found out yesterday he was on a musical album compilation from Ron's Radical Records, Triple R Records. I don't know if you know of them. So I just ordered that on uh, Discogs last night. I was kind of drunk on our, our Zoom wake for him. Yeah, it was really hard. It's been it's been really rough. Uh, got the privilege of getting to know his roommate better. She uh, went through the horrible experience of finding him and telling, calling his parents and me and Og and his last girlfriend, the sort of long-term love of his life. They'd been separated for several years now, but they were still very close. And it was very hard on her as well. So I talked to her last night. But yeah, it's been rough. It's been very hard. Uh, there's a, a funeral in two days, three days in Nashua, New Hampshire. I'm not going to make that, of course. I, I know Andy wouldn't care if I came or not. He had a very unsparing, indifferent view to his post-life. Uh, you know, not to say it was suicidal or something like that, but like he just didn't really care about funerals or what would happen afterwards. So I know he won't, wouldn't really care if I went or not, <laughs> but it is frustrating because I would like to see all these friends. It is very, very hard to do this again since, you know, my father in April. Uh, yeah, man, it's rough. And then, you know, that, <laughs> ugh, what a week. Just that happened uh, while uh, I found out, right, I think while, no, the day before, Donald Trump wasn't speaking, but, you know, the RNC was going on. I wasn't watching it that day. I watched 
one day of it and Tuesday. That's the only day I watched. I couldn't handle watching the rest and it just horrified me to no end. And, but, um, yeah, you know, it's rough. And then, uh, of course, yesterday, last night, while we were on our wake for Andy, Chadwick Boseman passes away, which is very sad as well. 43 years old, so, you know, five years younger than me. And, uh, you know, that, that hit me kind of hard. I, I deeply respect that man. Um, I am, even though I don't think it's good particularly, I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but of course, uh, Chadwick and Black Panther really sort of elevated that uh, whole affair, and I'm very sad about that. I uh, do wonder, you know, he died of cancer, and he probably, you know, it had elevated to stage four a while back. I kind of wonder if they wrote it into it, if he's done anything. If we won't see a surprise Chadwick Boseman passing of the mantle of the Black Panther, to someone else maybe michael b jordan maybe his sister that would be really amazing um you know it's a terrible thing to think about yeah it's too soon too soon i apologize but been a lot of death this week it's it's very very hard i was standing in the shower (laughs) wednesday night thursday morning after the groceries i did the groceries i I bawled like a baby about a yellow plastic lemon if you read my facebook post you can read about that and uh standing in the shower and i was like this is well it's gonna be isn't it people are just gonna keep dying that you care about forever and you care about so many people and this is gonna hurt all the time and then one day it'll be you and i i got over it Uh, this all sounds you know uh, <laughs> pretty depressing, I realize, but I, I'm doing okay. On top of all of this, last week, and I'm still recovering, I had a radically debilitating ear infection. I believe it was an ear infection. Uh, but, you know, I think it was an inflammation-based infection. My working Here's my working theory. I was reminiscing a couple weeks ago with uh, some ladies, old friends of mine, my, my ex-girl Meg, girlfriend Megan Peck, and two friends of mine, Catherine and Annie. Annie was my partner in the sort of uh, design production company we had that put on tour this band called Cindy Talk back in 1996. Uh, Cindy Talk, you may know, is Gordon Sharp from This Mortal Coil. He is the guy that sings their version of Kangaroo, and um, he's you know phenomenal voice in Holocaust. And uh, anyway, we were talking about it, and they all, everybody's shirts, the tour t-shirts, they had all worn out, and and nobody had posters anymore, and I have all of this stuff still. So I dug out a T-shirt for Megan, and then Annie and Catherine were like, oh, do you have any more? So I went to the storage unit, and I got out these T-shirts. And the one I got out for Megan was my old T-shirt, and that one I sent her from a bin. I have these big plastic, you know, Sterilite bins in the closet in the attic with all my old rock T-shirts in them. And uh, so what we were doing, you know, we were arranging all this in the Facebook comments and another ex-girlfriend of mine, Jamie, chimed in and she's like, oh, if you're giving rock t-shirts out, I really, well, I'll take it with this mortal coil one or a Bauhaus one. And, uh, you know, there's this whole sort of side plot. There's this guy who's selling all his t-shirts, his rock t-shirt collection that puts mine to shame. It's called uh, a minor thread. And uh, he, I almost bought this, this mortal coil t-shirt on there when he did the 4AD release a month or two ago because I had profound regret that I didn't own this shirt anymore, right? It was, it's the cover of the 10 inch drugs that come here my love on the B side. And I, I really loved that shirt. And so did Jamie. And I was like, Oh, I should have bought it, you know, but it was $300 and I just couldn't justify it. And so I'm going through this bin for, uh, you know, I was, I had a shirt in mind. I wanted to give her, I find this, this mortal coil shirt. Right. And, uh, 
I'm like, oh God, I almost bought this again and I already owned it. <laughs> I was like, I have too much shit. I don't even remember what I owned. And uh, so I was like, well, I already thought I didn't own this. So I'm going to send it to Jamie. She wanted it. She used to wear, I have pictures of her when we were dating and she was in it, you know? And so, and then I found a Bauhaus shirt from the first reunion tour. I went to the Beacon Theater show. And I was like, I don't wear this shirt anymore. It's in very good shape, but a 98 reunion tour. And uh, so I sent them both to Jane. I was like, well, if it's send ex-girlfriend's t-shirts day, I guess. But anyway, all this is to say is I spent a ton of time going through all these bins in the attic and uh, my storage unit. And on top of that, it transpires that this brand of Gildan black t-shirts from the mid nineties are very susceptible to dry rot if they've never been washed. Right. So they, Annie, when she got hers, I had given her one five years ago. Also when she was visiting New York after my wedding, and she said they don't wash well. If you put them in the water, they just start to disintegrate. So this time they were warned. Catherine's going to do a you know a craft project with it. Annie just wanted to have one. Megan got my my old ones so that had been washed many times. So Megan's is fine, right? I think I have one more that I had been washed back in the day. But Annie was reading all these interesting posts on on blogs and stuff like that from dudes that like trade in metal t-shirts because the place we got it printed from we went primarily in the 90s when we got these silk screen for the tour we did it from this place that does mainly like uh, you know heavy metal tour t-shirts because i worked at a studio that did a lot of heavy metal you know and uh uh, so anyway, they, they have dry rot, these t-shirts and I was like in them and I am incredibly allergic to dust. And, uh, you know, my allergy test, it's on a scale of one to 100 for an allergy. Mine is 94 for dust. It's not good. Right. And the irony of course, is that we live in an age where we have face masks everywhere. I have you know, box of N95 masks and I just didn't wear a mask for any of these, these bin diving expeditions. So I got this ear infection and I think that's what caused it because I had no fluid problems. I had no sinus problems. Uh, you know, I didn't get to the doctor till two days ago, but he inspected it. There's no physical problems with the drum or any of the pieces of the ear pieces. I don't know if you call any of those things. And he's like, it's inflamed, but, and you know, so I, it was horrible. It was like, I was, I was so, I had so much vertigo. I couldn't stand up and I had to just lay on the couch on my bed face down for hours and I was like nauseous for days and days and days. My ear rang for, well, I guess it still rings a little bit and it's today would be the 14th day. So it was really, really bad. So I was going through that and my friends dying. I watched the DNC, which was nice and like a warm blanket and made me feel like America had potential. And then I watched the RNC and I decided I was living in man in the high castle and it was horrible. I only watched one day. I couldn't do it. Um, but you know, I would watch the commentary before and after on MSNBC and, and, uh, you know, I stayed informed about it, but I, I didn't want to give him the ratings and I didn't want to, I can't see his face. He just induces rage and just the setting at the white house was just so upsetting, but this flagrant law breaking and I got in some snippy, stupid Twitter argument about it. Cause I was in such a bad mood and this guy's like, somebody could have got a court order. I'm like, you think they would have listened to a court order? I, you know, I mean, I think I was right probably, but it wasn't, I was being mean and I feel terrible about it. And, and, uh, you know, so all of that, all of that, ear infection, Andy Shea gone, Chadwick Bozeman, the RNC, you know, they got a little bit of a bounce. Biden's still ahead and comfortably so, but not as much. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and say uncomfortably so at this point. And it is just so upsetting that people don't believe that we are on the verge of the end of the American enterprise, essentially. Uh, yeah. And so, and I was talking to my friend, old friend of mine in Fairbanks catching up and, uh, 
you know, he has a daughter and she's an adult now. I've known her her whole life. And, uh, she, I follow her on Instagram and she is a far, far left radical leftist. And, you know, I agree with 90% of her politics, but she has opted out of the election. She lives in Washington state. So I'm okay with that. You know, it's not going to affect the vote. But I know that there are a lot of people like this, that they're upset that Biden is centrist and they are upset that this is our one chance to, like, you know, change everything. And but and I don't disagree with that, but I still think we got to vote. There's sort of two ways to look at this, right? It's two centrist, more of the same centrism, but more of the same centrism is so manifestly better than a, a kleptocracy, which is what the alternative is at this point. It's not more of the same centrism versus more of the same centrism. It's more of the same centrism versus a man that while he's in a position uh, where people are, can vote for him are as comfortable with breaking laws in public and putting people at risk. There's no social distancing. There's no masks. Thousands of people in a political rally at the White House. The president himself is immune from the Hatch Act, but every person that helped him there, including the military and the Secret Service, were all breaking the law. And it's completely okay. And everybody, nobody's doing anything about it. And this is what he's doing when he wants you to vote for him. What's he going to do once he's elected? It's insane. So at the beginning, right after I talked to you guys last two weeks ago, I was really locked in this sort of like, what am I going to do if he wins? And I was, you know, it's too late to get a passport. I've been starting to look into the sort of the genealogy heritage laws of various European countries, but it's hard because it's all grand, great grandparents for me. All my grandparents were born in America. Greece is looking like the best bet, but it'll take a year or two. My friend Jenna has been helping me with the money thing, but nothing I can't get out. Right. And like, I'm even a little scared being in the South if he wins. And I know that sounds crazy. And my wife thinks I'm a little crazy. And I was like, well, I just will buy, I had a whole plan that at the very least I would buy a ticket to Canada, maybe Vancouver and have the tickets purchased in an Airbnb rented or something for like the day after the election. And if we won, maybe I just, we wouldn't go, but he did. We would just get on the plane and go, you know what I mean? And uh, part of me thinks I need to at least get back to new England. Like, I don't know. I mean, it depends, you know, our state is so close. This could be the year that North Carolina turns blue. Our governor is going to win. We, it looks like we're going to like overturn Tom Tillis in the Senate, which is huge, but uh, Biden's only up a point here, man. And like, he's not doing any better here than Hillary was last time. And she did not win. Um, it could break for him still. If, if North Carolina goes and Trump wins, I will stay put, I guess. But uh, I mean, if North Carolina goes blue and Trump wins, I will stay put. But I don't know. And I don't want to think that way. And Emma is very good. She's sort of like a master of saying, well, it's going to be a horror show and there's not a lot we can do about it. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay and fight for my country, but I'm just not going to like let it ruin the next 70 days. I'll do everything I can to help, but I'm not going to worry about the outcome. And she's wise because the worry does is just, you know, I got over it and I'm like, I'm just not going to think about that. I'm just going to keep donating more money that I can't afford. And Everyone, I mean, I get like 20 stupid political texts a day and I think I'm giving to all of them. It's out of control, I, but you know, I don't spend any other money anymore. So <laughs> what else am I going to do? Right. Ooh, yeah. Oh. And uh, anyway, while I was at the doctor, I also got the COVID-19 antibody test because I think you guys know, but back in March, right when this all started in me and the whole family, Emma, Jane, uh, Janet, we all got fevers. We all got sick, but the test came back negative. Um, which I think is good. I, you know, there's pros and cons of each way. It, it, they tell me it's a reliable test. It's a blood draw. It was at the UNC lab. Um, you know, I have a friend that works in the, the COVID antibody test industry, and he tells me that this was a good test. And so it's pretty reliable. You know, I mean, it's been five months, so maybe they, I never had a lot of them. I had it pretty light too. 
you know, and Emma is also very focused on the unknown lingering issues. She talks about shingles as an example and how like, that's just this lingering thing you get from, from chicken pox. And like, we don't know all these other things that, that having COVID-19 could do to you, you know? So I think it's probably better that it was negative, but now of course I'm scared of getting it all the time. I, I was, I've been careful the whole time, but I was like, well, you know, I'm getting careful, but if anything, I probably already had it. So I don't, you know, but no, no, I gotta be careful. Um, I still don't go anywhere besides the grocery store. Uh, oh God, I had to go get a title for my car. Uh, yeah. Cause my dad died and he owned the car with my mom. Like I said, you know, I they can't have these beautiful, wonderful, non-expiring Alaska handicap plates that I had here. And I loved them so much. I only used the handicap thing like twice, but non-expiring Alaska plates made me so proud of my Alaskan heritage and they're gone. Uh, so, you know, that was a bummer, but the title place was like, I was only in and out in five or 10, I think 10 minutes to do the title transfer, you know, it's agent. So that was okay. But other than that, uh, and the kitties are gone. Oh, that's sad too. Uh, they've all been adopted. They're all into homes and I loved those little kitties and we're going to get some more. We could have kept them of course, but, uh, we loved them all equally and it was impossible to choose. And we knew we wanted a black cat and we couldn't have five cats. That would have just been insane. And we've got this whole thing is my mom wants to come soon. So the room that my mom would stay in is where the kitties were living. So we got to figure that out. Uh, just getting my mom here. We're trying to figure that out now. Like, when probably right after Christmas, you know, like slow travel time, uh, you know, it's a minimum of three airports for her to get here, which makes me nervous. And you know, all the, like the planes are okay, but uh, the airports themselves, and then I have to go get her at the airport and oh God, I used to do that drive all the time. I've done it this year, basically. And then, you know, get her a test or put her in a hotel for three days, then take her to the CVS and get a test. And then hope it's negative because I'm driving around and, you know, I guess we wear masks while we're driving with that window down. I don't know. I got to figure this all out. And then when she gets a test, we have for the results. And if they're negative, then I can, we'll bring her into our home. You know what I mean? So, and that's all fine. Except for just the, the trip part. I just, you know, I, I got to figure out what to do. It's making me nervous. So. Uh, but yeah, so the kitties, it's all interlinked. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, in my notes here, I, I sort of listed all these topics and then I said, but I'm doing okay. And I actually am, you know, like all this stuff is really bad. It's, it's very sad, but, uh, I am doing all right. None of it shook me to my fundamental core of like questioning existence. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's hard to explain. I'm sad, but I'm not depressed. So that is good. That Jane really helps with that. Let me tell you. And gardening, actually. I'll talk about the gardening before I move on to Jane. Uh, yeah, man, I like did this whole sort of second garden area outside of my office underneath the patio where the main garden is. Um, and I tried to plant things that I didn't think the squirrels or the deer would want. So, you know, the cucumbers are going to be an issue once they're bigger. I'll figure that out. But like, it's a lot of basils and, and in-ground plants like radishes and Brussels sprouts. I don't know. I'm just going for it. And so far they've left it alone. Um, but it's great. I got like 20 basil plants out there. I got garlic and snow peas. The snow peas are not working. It's still too warm. I got to try again, plant some new snow peas. I think, uh, six cucumber plants, new ones. Um, you know, sort of like the fall growing season stuff because upstairs, I thought a lot more, you know, like as summer starts to wind down, a lot more of it would stop giving, but the tomato plants are like, they've bounced back. They look terrible, but they're just putting out a ton of tomatoes still a little too hot for them, but it's getting better every day. 
the cucumber plant is the plants are doing great it's just putting out a big fat cucumber once a week uh, it's amazing the, the pepper plants one of them has gone to seed i guess is what you say it's not producing peppers anymore but most of them are still putting out peppers it's it's great uh you know so now i gotta figure out i need like my mint plant like sort of matured and got too old so i gotta figure out if i can plant a cutting from that or how to get a new mint plant going same with the parsley i went to grass I, I i don't use parsley that much but it's so easy to grow i just like to have one for when i do use it but i need to like make cuttings of those and get those started and i got a bunch more in the garage still um so a lot of the seeds i messed up the seeds i overwatered. uh i have got, like a couple new pepper plants a new kind of basil asian basil i don't know what that is it's different than thai it's it's like it's kind of like peelies it's kind of interesting um but the shallots they didn't they didn't sprout so I, tomorrow i'm going to do like a whole new batch i was overwatering. i didn't realize there was no drainage in my watering tray and so i got i got that fixed i gotta fix that i think there's still time it's a really long fall growing season here they said everything should be you know i got like three weeks so i should be okay but yeah the gardening's great uh learning about ph balance in my soil my soil is slightly too alkali on my tomatoes so i'm gonna use a lot more fertilizer with water in it tomorrow and like really get it into the soil that's sort of what they tell you to do um the end rot on the tomatoes is gone though they're it's in good shape it's pretty good shape i got some worms i gotta look i gotta figure out how to get rid of this worm that's eating like he's not ruining the tomatoes but he crawls across the top and puts these little grooves in them and i'm like no go away i blew him off the porch but i still <laughs> there's more than one <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then Jane, Jane just helps so much. She's like this little oxytocin factory. And when I'm sad, it, the hardest thing was, um, Thursday morning after I found out about Andy on Wednesday night, I had to go to the grocery store and, you know, Emma was like, do you not want to do this? And I'm like, well, I got to do my stuff, you know, and like, I, I, what am I going to do? Just sit there, stare at a wall. Like I can be sad and productive at the same time. <laughs> I'm so insane. I'm sorry. Uh, so anyway, I didn't get to see Jane in the morning that first morning. It was really sad, but yesterday morning I, I, I did. And this morning I did. And yesterday morning I just kept her in my lap the whole time. And it just makes me feel so much better. She doesn't care about me once Emma's awake, but, uh, you know, if I can get a couple hours of oxytocin from her in the morning, it really helps my day <laughs> that and the walk in the afternoon. And when I walk the neighborhood and get, there's a big hill in our neighborhood and gets our heart, hearts pumping, you know, uh, we leave Jane with grandma for the walk now so we can walk up the hill quick and really like get some exercise out of it. But, um, anyway, yeah, she's doing great. She's typing. She spells words. She reads the words. Uh, she knows how to, you know, mommy, daddy, dog, cat, Jane, Janie. She can start, she's starting to sound words out. She doesn't really get math yet. She loves numbers, but she, and it's interesting. Um, she, I've, <laughs> she's learning punctuation. She really is. She's really into punctuation, right? So I've got this little keynote deck I made that's flashcards. And like, I mean, she's learning like circumflex and umlaut and sidi and like, and Emma's like, it's not a circumflex. It's a carrot. I'm like, she's learning circumflex <laughs> and she loves it. And asterisk and there's a plus sign and an equals. She knows there's ampersand. She knows ampersand. Uh, this is all because when I was being tested for gifted and talented in fourth grade, I got, uh, I think it was a hundred questions. I got 99 of them, right. But I called an asterisk a star and I was so mad at myself that I didn't get a hundred and it has scarred me to the age of 48. So I was like, my daughter is going to know what an asterisk is. <laughs> One moment. I got a cough. So anyway, she knows all these punctuation marks. Uh, including relevantly to this story, the plus sign and the equal sign. But when we do math, if I say the word equals, she screams 
right? So I have to be like two and two is, and then she'll kind of get that it's four. But if I say two plus two equals, she just screams at me and I don't know what it is. It's really weird. But so I'm trying to teach her math without using equals, but she knows the equal sign because I do it in the punctuation flashcards. It's very weird. And I should be clear, I'm not, like, trying to be, like, a tiger mom about all this. This is what she wants to do. Like, she comes over and she's just, like, letters. And that's all she wants to do. There is no other screen time she's interested in besides typing. <laughs> it's very weird. She has learned the key command, which uh, you probably don't know. I didn't know, which is command control space bar that, in, in like makes the pop-up window on your Mac for the emoji panel. And then she's learned how to use the mouse and move through the panel and pick the emoji she wants and click and insert it into her words. She is two years and 10 months old. It is so weird. <laughs> I mean, actually, I don't know. I haven't actually looked up if this is when this is normal or not. I assume it's pretty close to normal, right? But um, uh, what I think is abnormal about it is her passion for nothing but words at the moment. Uh, she's almost fully conversational. There are very few times that we don't understand what she wants. Uh, that is very, very nice. She still throws a ton of tantrums. I mean, she's almost three people told me they got better, you know, in like April. And I thought maybe it's over and everybody's like, no, they go through three. So I think I got another year of it. The tantrums are rough, but she is, she is into self-soothing. And what happens is she says, Aja, which is her pacifier when she wants to calm down and then you go get Aja with her and she calms down. She can do that. But the tantrums are, I mean, there's still several a day. It's, and she's still got that ear piercing scream. It's, it's pretty rough. And she's napping a little less. I don't know what to do about that. I don't know. I think I'm going to be so sad when the nap goes away, man. Emma especially is going to be so sad. It's hard. You know, I mean, we got Janet, but she only, you know, she can help when she can, but like the whole day is on us. I mean, that's not true. Janet does her shift every day, but there's still this extra chunk where the nap is that we're going to have to do. And Emma's got a bunch of work again. It seems that the TV industry is mostly back on the rebound. I mean, I guess it makes sense. We're all sitting home watching TV, right? So, you know, it's like we're just going to have to pass her back and forth for like hours after, you know, between uh, one and four thirty. where right now we get some like peace and work. That's when all, that's when I do all my calls and you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be rough. Uh, so I'm hoping she's, you know, she, this not napping or napping less thing is a phase. We will see, but she's good. She's really, really, really been a big help and I love her profoundly and she like makes me happy. And I do feel slightly guilty about, you know, bringing her into a fascist dying planet, but I think she will be well equipped to handle it and do some good. That's my hope is that we raise a kid that helps. Uh, you know, and she doesn't get suckered by the internet thinking it was going to be a democratizing tool and spend her whole career on a platform that they don't believe in. Right. I mean, just hypothetically, you know, <laughs> I don't know anybody like that myself. <laughs> anyway, let's see projects. I have been pretty productive. Um, well, since Andy's, Andy's passing my, you know, all the other projects have stopped and I am working on his live journal, turning it into a book. So that's what I'm working on now. But last weekend I did a lot of good four track work, man. I feel really good about it. I'm back. I told you guys that I was coming out of a, a productivity funk. And I, even with all this bad stuff, even with the ear infection, three days of vertigo, I still got a lot done and I feel very proud of myself for it. Uh, I found like uh, some interesting old live recordings, two different ones from 1994. One was a band I was in with this guy named Gavin, old friend of mine in Fairbanks, Alaska. It was on the July 4th uh, live radio show we did on my friend Chris George's show. And that was really good. What we called our band Benedict Arnold. It was, I think it was a one day band and we called it that for July 4th. But, uh, 
it was pretty solid. I was into it. I was very impressed. Um, there's another radio show that Val and Paul, my sister, her ex-husband, and our friend Dave did, and I helped a little bit on KSUA several years later. I can't find that recording. So, But I also, another thing I found is that my girlfriend at the time, I just mentioned her a while ago, Jamie, uh, my mid nineties girlfriend, she and I had a band up in Fairbanks. So I don't think we ever had a name. We, neither one of us can remember it, but I found this really good recording. It was a rehearsal. It was like an hour long rehearsal tape. Uh, but there's like a 10 minute section that is just actually almost perfectly beautiful. And so I put both of those on SoundCloud, my SoundCloud, uh, you know, if you search for Rick Webb on SoundCloud, uh, I can post them on here. My SoundCloud username is listless, which is my old internet name, L-I-Z-S-T-L-E-S-S. But anyway, yeah, I put the Benedict Arnold thing up. I put the Jamie and I uh, rehearsal section up. And then I found some old Rocket stuff. My old band, Rockets Burst from the Street Lamps. The first incarnation, pre-Aug Stone, we had the band. We had a series of different bassists. We started with my sister. I found some stuff with her. A song from our first album called Yoda. That's really great. A different version. A lot of like early versions of the songs that ended up on the first Rockets album. And uh, a couple songs that never made it anywhere. One called Six Track Song and another one that like were both really good. And I... I, uh, I put those on, or one of those on SoundCloud as well. And I'm like, man, you know, like all this music is pretty good. I listened to it today and you know, it's avant-garde. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's like the stuff I listen to now, you know, and I hated it. I thought it was, none of it was good enough. And I was just so down on myself. And I know that like late period rockets was really good. mainly thanks to Aug. <laughs> But like, I just, all this stuff, you know, I found all these four track, like I found another one. I found that song I was looking for called kill the silence. I haven't put that up on, on SoundCloud yet. I will. I want to just do a slightly better mix of it, but, um, it's all not bad. You know, like I, I was too hard on myself. I am always too hard on myself. And I, anyway, I, it's been rewarding and I'm glad I got that project going again. That's really good. Uh, the place that's got my uncle's slides, dig my picks are doing the slides are almost done. But the cool thing is, while they do them, unlike the Kodak one, they tell you the stage you're in and they give you a portal and you can look at them. They're just little thumb, you know, two inch thumbnails, but I can see them as they're scanning them and it's awesome. And it's like all these cool old things that my grandfather and my dad when he was young and my uncle when he was young and amazing vintage Alaska in the 60s stuff, Hong Kong in the 60s, Japan in the 60s. Um, you know, it's, it, they look amazing and I'm very excited about it. They should be here in the next week or so on a USB stick and then I'll get going again on that project to make the books for my grandparents and my dad and my mom's wedding and you know, gifts for the whole family. Uh, my mom listens to my podcast, so I am ruining her gift. But I, I, I want by the time I found out that she listens, I had already talked about this so much that I, <laughs> there couldn't be a surprise. Our family is not much for gifts or surprises. Anyway, uh, we just decided on my gift. She's getting me another yellow toy Tonka truck made out of metal. I didn't know they made them anymore. And I loved that little toy Tonka truck. Jane's got one, but it's plastic. So she's like, I will buy that for you. I'm like, Oh, that's so exciting. Anyway, yeah, so the slides are coming along. Uh, Andy Shea's book is coming along. The I'm not going to get any four-track uh, four recordings done this weekend. I'm out of sorts. I have to do the podcast. Uh, uh, tomorrow, i got to do all my gardening. But uh, I'm, I'm on it. I will do more of that. I've, I've got two regular speed tapes queued up, and i got the cassette deck out again because I found two rehearsal recordings of Rockets that have never been ripped or listened to in 23 years. So I'll get those done and sent out to the band. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's going well. Um, ripped a few DVDs, just finished up, uh, just now motherless Brooklyn. 
got reform school reform school girls up on Plex. How to talk to girls at parties is up on Plex. Uh, Beyond the Clouds, which is a Vim Vendors uh, Antonini collaboration film that Annie and I saw at the Toronto Film Festival in 1999 where John Malkovich pontificates blowheartedly and walks around and there's a lot of nudity and it's not, it wasn't good. And I rewatching it was like, yeah, this isn't particularly good, <laughs> but, but it played a part of my life and I wanted to own it. So that's up there. Uh, interstellar 4k is up uh, taste of cherry, which is an Iranian film. I don't know much about it. Everybody told me it's amazing. And I should watch it. So I'm going to try and watch that little women is up. Uh, I got to make Emma watch that. I, I, I don't know if I'm quite emotionally hard enough yet right now to watch little women, but uh, <laughs> that movie takes a lot out of you. It was very well done. So yeah, those are all up on Plex. If you are uh, connected to my Plex and if you want to be, let me know and we will friend up on Plex, uh, the John Wick trilogy, Star Trek beyond interstellar and the Revenant, the 4k Blu-rays that I bought at Walmart and ripped. They have been sold off and shipped out. That is good. I got some other stuff shipped out with all those posters and t-shirts to Annie and Megan, uh, sent some Cindy talk posters to my old friend Gibby cause he's a fan um, a Star Trek book to a guy I just met that's going to do, I'm going to do a podcast interview soon. So I'll tell you more about that when I find out about it. Uh, yeah. So that's really what's going on with the various archiving projects. Oh, the journals. Um, you know, I got this, I, I, I reprinted the 88 to 90 journal and I got it shipped and Lulu messed it up and they gave me like a different volume of my journal. So I deleted all the old volumes. I've got them on my computer. I don't need Lulu to save them and just had the one thing up there and I reordered. So hopefully they'll do it right this time. The Lulu is, is pretty backed up because of COVID. So it takes some time. So, but I should have that by the time that you guys hear this next and not that you care. I know, but you know, I'm just still working on it. Uh, yeah. And then, then the Facebook posts every day, those are still going big hit with friends. I am very profoundly angry with Facebook. Uh, they didn't take down a Kenosha shooting page, encouraging people to go to the Kenosha riots and shoot people, which the dude that did read and they had 450 complaints about it and they decided it didn't violate, violate their policies and they left it up. I'm angry about them for a lot of things and I really want off of Facebook, but it is like the only way I'm in touch with a lot of people and it's really sad. I'm slowly trying to get everybody to move over to MeWe and you know, there's like 40 people up there and I, I post over there every day. So if somebody else wanted to quit Facebook, they could still read the post, but it's not enough for me yet. Like, you know, it's tough. I've been having a lot of good conversations with old friends and it's the good of Facebook is irreplaceable, but the bad is very, very high moral and emotional cost to pay. And they're going to try and switch me over to this new fucking design. I keep unswitching back and they're like, why? And I'm like, it's bad. And you know, like it doesn't use words. It has all these icons. So I have to use a massive amount of cognitive power and attention probably for a day of my life to relearn all of Facebook with no improved benefit and productivity. And it is a waste of effort and I'm resent it. And they're just not going to give me a choice. And it, it makes me very angry and I want to quit so, so badly, but I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. All right. Let's see music. Uh, so <laughs> I listen to a lot of music. So I think it seemed to be on this sort of like uh, two week cycle. And part of that was, I, I left this out, but the Facebook posts, they come with a, uh, a mix every day, right? did all the old mixtapes. Those are done. 
I went through the journals and I found the playlists and I made those into mixtapes. And so I'm posting those every day to Facebook as Spotify links. But I also made new mixes in Spotify and things like that. And so I'm rotating through. There's like different genre stuff, new stuff, old stuff, the old mixes. I got a lot of them made and I spent a lot of time going through my my to investigate playlist, which is what I listen to music out of. And I got it all cleaned out. That was before the last podcast. And then this cycle, these two weeks, I've just been listening to new stuff. Like the to investigate list got re-queued up with like 40 or 50 hours of music. I'm not done with it, but I listened to a lot of records in the last two weeks. Uh, I only sold one thing on Discogs. It was a Ben Queller CD. I don't know anything about the guy. He, it was a tick of a CD. That woman I'm helping sell, sell her CDs. I put it in the queue to listen to it, but I haven't listened to it yet. Got a lot of vinyl in the mail. Uh, Betwixt is a local Boston band. They were originally on my old record label, the Arch Enemy Record Company. And their second, their first album, The Salty Tang, has been reissued on vinyl. And so Tom from Betwixt sent me a copy of the vinyl. And it's beautiful. And I'm very excited. And I listened to that again. It sounds awesome. It's a good sounding vinyl. It makes the record sound a lot warmer. And, and it was nice. Uh, I felt really good about that. Uh, the let's see i got margo price's new record that's how rumors get started on vinyl because i've been obsessing over the cover there's these two records i've been obsessing over the covers i think they're the two most beautiful record covers of the last like several years and one of them is the margo price record and the other one is u.s girls heavy light i listened to that album a couple times like two years ago and i really liked it or whenever it came out maybe it was like only a year ago uh but uh i you know it didn't really like stick with me but I, the cover i can't stop thinking about it. it's just so beautiful so i bought it <laughs> Uh, my friend Sam runs a uh, ghostly records. They just put out the second edition, uh, second volume of Minecraft soundtrack, Minecraft volume beta. And that is really beautiful. I didn't get the first one. It came out and I deeply regret it. And it's like $200 on discogs now. So I won't be getting that anytime soon. <laughs> so I was like, I won't make that mistake again. And I bought the, the, the beta version. Um, uh, Gold Trap's second album, Supernature, is out on vinyl for the first time in America. So I got that. It's on beautiful colored vinyl. And uh, that's the one with Ooh La La on it if you're a Gold Frap fan. Uh, Fiona Apple, both uh, When the Pawn and the new one, uh, Fetch Bolt Cutters, both of those I got on vinyl. They came this week. Uh, I've listened to them both. I still think Fetch the Bolt Cutters is probably the best record of the year. It's just fantastic. And it sounded really good on vinyl, too. I was like, oh, this sounds good. Uh, last month's record from Vinyl Me Please was the Buena Vista Social Club record, which I, you know, I like, I'm a giant Vim Vendors fan. So I have seen that movie and I like that music, but it's not like my huge, my you know, most important thing in the world. But I'm, I'm happy to own it. Yeah, it's cool. I'm into it. It's good. Great pressing. Looks really good. Sounds really good. And then uh, yesterday, when I was so sad about Andy, I was just sitting there and and uh, I got this email from Vinyl Me Please, and they're like, good news, this month's record is a double blue colored vinyl edition of Spiritualizes, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. Which, uh, I don't know how much I talk about this, but Spiritualizes is like my all-time favorite band. I have, I am looking at it right now, a 20-foot long Spiritualized billboard in my office. It is autographed by Jay Spaceman. Uh, I have three things on my walls that are autographed by Jason Pierce. It's kind of messed up. I have that. I have an autographed poster from the first performance of Ladies and Gentlemen. We were floating in space with the uh, orchestra and choir. I went to London to see that at the Royal Festival Hall. I have seen that now several times because they finally came to America a couple years later and I saw it at Radio City. Uh, yeah. So anyway, and then, uh, in the bathroom across the hall, I have a autographed 12 inch of a 12 inch test pressing of the medication single by spiritualize that where he wrote every day I wake up and take my medication around on it. 
I love Spiritualize so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's my second favorite Spiritualize record, but I do love it profoundly. And uh, I'm, I was just so sad and I get this email. I mean, I already own Ladies and Gentlemen on... I think I have six copies of Ladies and Gentlemen. <laughs> I have two different vinyl editions. I have the original 12 CD pill box. I have the second reissue 12 CD pill box on Ultimar's Parties records. Oh yeah, that's another thing I have autographed on my wall over here the prescription that it came with. Uh, I have the CD limited edition in a box. I mean, whatever. I own this record a lot. Uh, I have the cassette, <laughs> but I was still just very happy. I was like, Oh, that's, that's great, man. Because you know, I would have like wanted to buy it, but it would have been obviously a little hard to justify owning another copy of that record. So I was like, cool. I don't have to do anything. It's just going to show up in my house. And I, I feel very good. Thank you, man. That just cheered me up today. So that's what's going on with the vinyl. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to plow through these records. It's a lot. I will uh, <laughs> highlight I will highlight quickly the ones that are very good. Uh, some of them I literally don't remember. I like uh, have only listened to once, maybe. Uh, Lunder, L-U-N-D-E-R. Two records, Pink Cloud and Powder Chew. Uh, I like them a lot. I couldn't exactly tell you what they sounded like right now. I think it's a little space rock medley. It's uh, maybe a little shoegazy, but I really enjoyed it. 100 Gex. I think I've mentioned this band before, but it's this weird sort of glitchy breakbeat techno trip hop death metal thing. It's hard to explain. They sound like those sort of like acid party techno weird songs from the nineties combined with uh, one of the, the woman in the band or what she said, one of her major influences is cannibal corpse. So, I, mean, <laughs> I listened to their album, 1000 Gex and the remix album, 1000 Gex and the tree of clues. And man, they are just so weird. I was like, this is a truly compelling and odd. Listen, uh, the men, which is like a sort of a noisy punk band from Brooklyn hated 2008 to 2011. I think it's like a compilation of earlier stuff. I didn't really like it. Actually. I listened to a different men album last month. And I really liked it, but this earlier stuff I wasn't as into. There's a new Jesus Jones album called Passages. If you were ever a Jesus Jones fan, Jesus Jones just made another Jesus Jones album. And it sounds exactly like a Jesus Jones album. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. I'm like, oh, cool. That's <laughs> kind of awesome. Lamb, Secret of, Setting, of Letting Go. That was a great record. I, 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 I've always been lamb, lamb aware, but never really sort of investigated it. That's kind of what I've been doing with a lot of things. I'm like, I know about this a little bit. I need to learn more about it. Uh, but it was good. I liked it. Lone Lady Hinterland. Uh, I remember liking it and I think it's kind of mellow, but I don't remember much else about it. I'm going to re-listen to all of these in the next two weeks is basically what's going to happen. Katie Day, My Day. Uh, that was a really cool record. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Katie Day. The album's called My Data, and it's kind of interesting, and it's sort of like the, a concept album, and I strongly recommend it. Shaka and the Ancestors, We Are Sent Here by History, was a fucking rad record, dude. I was really into that one. Uh, it's sort of, I mean, you know, you can guess with a name like Shaka and the Ancestors and that title. You can almost tell what kind of music it is, and it is that kind of music, and it is awesomely done, and it was really solid. Big Joni, Sister Punk, which is their first EP. I really liked all the other Big Joni I heard. This is a little, I, maybe a little too amateurish. I don't know. I, I liked it, but not as much as the other stuff. Ian William Craig, Thresholder. Ian William Craig, I've mentioned. I got really into him. My friend John Whitney got me into him. I listened to his recent album, and I loved it. And so I've been working through his back catalog. And Thresholder is a fantastic record. <laughs> that guy is so talented. Uh, the Streets did a mix CD. I don't know. I thought it was a new album, and then I read about it, and it's kind of a mix CD. It's called None of Us Are Getting Out of This Life Alive. Very clever name. Uh, 
I was like ready to listen to a streets album, like a, a grand don't come for free and listen to this story. And it wasn't that. And so I found myself kind of disappointed and I need to go listen to it again now, knowing what it is. Cause I didn't really enjoy it the first time. Uh, acid rap, uh, Jeed, J D I D. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, that was really cool. Actually. It was kind of like a sort of, uh, African influence acid jazz, uh, trip hoppy. Uh, it was good. I was really into it. I listened to the new Alanis Morissette album, Such Pretty Folks at Forks in the Road, and I really liked it. No single track stood out to me. I think I might have started one track, but I'm going to give it another listen because I was like, this is really good. I need to pay more attention to this. And then I was working and I just didn't really finish. Uh, Max Richter, the classical composer, uh, he has a new double CD, double album called Voices that is sort of like a theme and variations around these atmospheric tracks with voices speaking the universal declaration of human rights. And it's really good. Uh, it's long and, but it is, uh, and it's interesting cause it's almost like I almost put it in my writing music playlist, which is a lot of ambient orchestral and instrumental stuff that I can write to, but the voices ironically, uh, make it so you have to pay attention and, uh, that works. It makes it work. So it's an active listen, which is hard for a two double CD, very mellow stuff, but it is very good. Uh, Laraji. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Laraji, but he is an awesome dude. He's a sort of collaborator with Eno, ambient, classical. Uh, uh, turns out I've been listening to Laraji for over 25 years, and I did not know this, but he is a fantastic pianist. <laughs> like most of the Laraji I listen to is like mellow and slow. And, uh, you know, this is, it's called Sun Piano, and it's really good, and it's a work for piano. And I didn't know he was that good of a pianist. And, uh, he actually came to Durham not, like last year and I didn't go and I regret it profoundly. I'll never see Laraji, I don't think. So that was a bummer, but that one's really good. Fontaine's DC, Here's Death. It's just an EP, but it was great. I love Fontaine's DC. I think I haven't investigated yet, but I think what they're doing, that Spotify thing I hate where they put out a song and then they put out a new single and that single has the old single as the second track and then they do it a third time. And I think this is like the fourth iteration of that and it's four songs and I suspect that they're all coming from an album that's coming out soon, but I don't know. I gotta, I gotta look into that. Yoga Tango has been spending their, uh, man, man, I have everything turned off. What's beeping at me? Hold on a second. Okay, I quit like every app. It was probably Facebook because I unmuted Facebook because I posted an amazing video of Andy Shea speaking at my wedding. Uh, he did this really amazing toast at our wedding. And uh, so that was posted on the announcement I did telling my friends about Andy's death. And uh, so I had to unmute the tab and I, I forgot I always had Facebook muted. And it's actually kind of wonderful and I need to remute Facebook. Anyway, so that's all done. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Yoga Tango, they are, looks like they're spending quarantine together. I mean, it makes certain sense, right? I and Georgia are married and they're, I guess, you know, uh, the rest of the band, that other guy, what's his name? Jim. Anyway, uh, they're just making this cool, awesome, like drone sort of ambient rehearsals. And they like made an album out of it. It's called, we have amnesia sometimes. And it's like the most space rocky thing Yoga Tango's ever done. And I really enjoyed it. Walter Martin, Green Beans and Tangerines. Uh, that was a great record. Uh, very clever, uh, sort of singer songwritery, and uh, but not like acoustic. And I really liked it, and it needs another listen. Hefner, The Fidelity Wars. Uh, somebody mentioned Hefner, and they're like on my Facebook, and they're like they're really good. And I have a bunch of friends that are Hefner fans, so I picked a Hefner record and I listened to it. And I really, it was really good, but like I don't like 
It was a little too Brit poppy. I don't like the sort of moddy Brit poppy stuff like Park Life by Blur. I love Blur, but you know, like, uh, and my friend Og's really into that sort of stuff. And there's this band that he likes that I mentioned last week called the Indelicates. Indelicates. And these guys kind of reminded me of the Indelicates, except for I like the new Indelicate single. I don't know. There's a lot of Hefner albums and people say they, they're different. So I'm actually going to give the band some more time and see if I like the other ones more. Uh, Slift Space is the Key. I have no recollection of that record at all, so I can't tell you anything about it. Uh, Kaiser's Orchestra, Ompa Tildu Dur. I mentioned this band. They're like uh, Danish, and they sing in native language, and uh, I had a CD of theirs, and I figured out why I had that CD. It's because my, my early 90s girlfriend, uh, Beth, who lives in Norway, was a big fan. And uh, yeah, anyway, so it's old, and I gave it a listen. It was, I don't know, not my thing. Rock. Uh, Benfold Five. I listened to the self-titled Benfold's Five record because a friend of mine was going on how great it was, and I watched this thing on YouTube of Benfold's composing a song at the Kennedy Center Honors, like on stage in ten minutes, and I was like, that is one talented man, and he pops up a lot, and I'm like, he's really talented, but I never really liked Benfold's Five. I was like, time to give him another chance, and I listened to it. I was like, yeah, it's a good record, but not my thing. So you know, me and Benfold's, I'm very impressed with the man. Not really into the band. Uh, a band called Advertisement with a new record called American Advertisement. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Michael Murata up in Boston, has been advocating these guys. He runs a blog called Vanya Land. And uh, I was like, okay, let's do it. And he was right. They're really good. I really like it. And I, it's like, um, it's almost shoegazy, but it's more rock than that. Like a band that it kind of reminds me of actually is this old Boston band. These old friend of mine's called the Drop 19s, which is kind of a weird comparison. Um, but uh, I, yeah, it's a good record. I was really into it. I'm called Woods, strange to explain. Don't remember it at all, but I remember it. I know I have positive memories of it, but I can't tell you anything about Woods. Uh, Idols new EP, a hymn that was awesome. Idols are awesome. It's kind of weird. I think of I group Idols and Fontaine's DC together a lot, and it seems like they're both about to put new records out together, and they will just stay forever grouped in my mind together. Uh, no Joy, it's kind of a space rock guy, band. I learned about them because they collaborated with Sonic Boom from Spaceman 3, and uh, they have a new EP called Dream Rats, and it was good. It was a very space rock shoegazy, and I really liked it. Uh, then I finally discovered this woman, Mira. This is, I feel like it's, you know, when you refine one of those artists that you're like, this is a gap in my knowledge that I'm embarrassed existed. Like I had that with John Prine. I have it now with Mira. She's fantastic. I listened to this first, this one record of hers called You, you Think It's Like This, But Really It's Not. Or, I'm sorry. You Think It's Like This, But It's Really Like That. And I discovered Mira because recently she did a, like, an album of people covering Mira. And the microphones did a cover of one song. And I didn't even realize it was a cover. I just... Spotify suggested it to me because there was a new microphone song and I was like, this is great. And I was like, what's up with the microphones? They just put out this microphones in 2020 album. This is totally different. Is there another microphones album? And is what is he not? You know, so I was like, I got to investigate this whole thing. What's up with Phil Ilvernum? I deeply care what's going on with Phil Ilvernum these days. But it turned out he was on this covers album, this tribute album to Mira. And I was like, I don't know anything about this woman. And she used to be in the, I think she was one of the singers in the microphones. So I looked her up and I read her Wikipedia page. She has like 10 albums. I was like, my God, how do I not even know this woman? And then like my friend, Jeff Lipton, like masters her records. <laughs> I was like, God, I should have known about this woman. So now I'm going to listen to all the Miro records. I just listened to the one and I was like, yep, this woman's awesome. And I need to listen to all the other ones. I feel really weird that I didn't know about her. Uh, listen to the latest and last po and posthumous Jason Molina record, Eight Gates. It was the last music he made before he died. He was living in London and uh, made this record, and it's very good. I just learned that he was an alcoholic. I, I don't think I ever knew that he died of alcoholism or he was an alcoholic or something. Somebody alluded to that. Maybe I'm spreading rumors. I shouldn't say that. But uh, 
anyway, the record's really good, and it made me really sad. And, uh, you know, R.I.P. Jason Molina. Uh, Loren, Morning of Melancholia. I remember liking it, but I couldn't tell you what it's like. Uh, Temple of BBV. <laughs> Uh, so two weeks ago when I was listening to everything and cleaning out my queue, I would like read up on the bands and learn about them, you know, and I would see if they had side projects and I would like, kind of like, where are they from? And, you know, cause I was like, I like this band. I just need to learn more. So that'd be like kind of the process that's going to happen now. I'll re-listen to this queue right now. I'll tell you something like, Oh, I think I feel good about the Loren record, but I can't remember what I'll listen to it again. I'll pay more attention. I'll pick my favorite songs. I'll go read about the band and I'll like learn about them. And so I did that with this band two weeks ago called Gnode, G-N-O-D. It's kind of a psych rock thing, and I really liked it, and it turned out they were sort of like roughly, you know, had some overlapping members with my sister's old bands under Sunburn, Hand of the Man, and some overlapping members with Crash Worship, and I was like, this Gnode band is awesome. And they had this other band called Temple of BBB that was a collaboration between them and another band I'd never heard of. Um, I, they're in my queue, but I'll talk about them when we get to that next week. Um, anyway, so they made this record called Temple of BBB, BBV, as in Brain Blood Volume. You know, they're talking about trepanation. It's instrumental. It's psych rock. It's awesome. I'm really into it. And uh, I don't know, if you're into psych rock, Black Mountain, at some Mother's Temple, anything like that, it's a great record, and uh, I strongly recommend it. Uh, Lucretia Dalt, Anticlines. I really liked it. I don't remember much about it. Microwolf, You Better Go Now. That was a, that was a cool record. I don't know anything about that dude. I think it's a dude. I think it's one dude, but it was maybe like a noisy Father John Misty. Uh, it was cool. Uh, Squid, Town Center. Squid is awesome. Kind of like a, like a, a have-it-together version of The Fall. <laughs> uh, and then I listened to the only Crash Worship record on... Spotify. I was talking about Crash Worship with my old friend Catherine, and I was thinking about how I'd seen them. I was wondering what happened to them. How are they spending uh, uh, their quarantine? And I was like, I haven't listened to them in years, man. And I, I was like, well, I didn't. The one record on Spotify I haven't actually ever listened to. And so I did. It's called Asinos, and it was good. Uh, if you are a industrial sort of noise kind of fan, uh, Crash Worship is great. Uh, Amina, A M I I N A. So a lot, a lot of the actually, I think the rest of these bands are Icelandic. Um, one of the playlists I'm working on is awesome Icelandic music. And I, there's all these Icelandic acts I've liked through my life. And I was like, I'm going to go listen to a bunch of them. There's a bunch I'm not mentioning that I, because I had listened to that particular album before. So Amina, I had seen live when I went to Iceland, they're the string section. They've worked with Sigur Rose, some other people. It's for a woman sort of quartet. And, uh, but I hadn't, so I listened to the one I already had listened to before, but then I also listened to this other one that they had up on Spotify that I hadn't heard before. And it's called Kerr, K-U-R-R. So if you're into sort of the beautiful string, Johan Johansson type Icelandic music, then um, Amina is for you. They're really, really great. Uh, then there's this band Singapore Sling. I also saw them when I went to Reykjavik for Iceland Airways one year and they're awesome. They're kind of like, they basically want to be the Jesus and Mary Jane and I'm completely okay with it. This album is called Taste the Blood of Singapore Sling. I listened to the old ones that I had listened to before before too, but I hadn't listened to this one. It's called taste the blood of Singapore sling. And it's, I mean, it basically sounds like sidewalking era, Jesus and Mary chain, like perfectly done. It's awesome. Uh, then Hanya dream nails. Um, I don't remember how I discovered Hanya. She, I think I was probably poking around on discogs and I'd be like, Oh, that, that woman, I think, I think someone from Amina is in Hanya or something like that. There's a relationship. Uh, and that was a really great record. I didn't know anything about this band, Hanya and Dream Nails. I think they're, are they the one? No, 
no, that was great. Anyway, uh, on the orchestral cinematic side of Icelandic music, like Orf Olaf Arnalds, who I also listened to an album I hadn't heard of his before called Palm, that was beautiful. And then Chiasmos, which I think is, I think they're the ones, it's a duo from the Faroe Islands. And uh, the album is called Blurred. And I listened to that y- yesterday. Whoops, sorry, hold on. My volume faded out because that's where the podcast ended last episode. So this one's going to be longer than last one. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Olaf Arnold's Palm. Beautiful record. Chiasmos called Blurred. They're from the Faroe Islands. I was listening to it yesterday after I knew about Andy. I was really sad. I had Jane in my lap. And then we like, she's like dancing. And so we stood up and we danced to it. It's very like mellow. It's almost like Johan Johansson meets Spaceman 3, you know, and it's like repetitive. And it sort of does these like... Uh, you know, shifted repetitions to make textures. And it's very beautiful. And we were, and it was not the sort of thing Jane usually wants to dance to, but we just sort of danced around to this beautiful music and it made me really happy. Uh, blood group tracing echoes, Icelandic more on the rock side. Uh, yeah, I would say like their version of like, um, black keys, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, uh, I just finished this today. I don't think this one's Icelandic. I can't remember. I think somebody, I think maybe my friend Gareth sent me this one, uh, the vacant lots and the album is called inner zone and it was awesome. It's kind of like uh, rock with synths, which is a great genre and there aren't enough of those bands in the world. And I really liked it, but it needs a second listen. I finished it right before I started this. So that is all the music for the last two weeks. And it was a lot, but there's some really good stuff in there. And, um, you know, it'll show up in the playlist on Facebook and stuff like that. And you'll see the list of them in the topic description for this episode. So that's cool. This is a long one, guys. I'm sorry. It's been a long two weeks, but it's really helping me. You can tune out if you want. Maybe I'm talking to no one, but it, it is it makes me feel a little bit more together after a rough two weeks. Uh, I haven't really been watching any TV or movies. I watched the RNC and the DNC, as we talked about. But really what I've been doing is just watching YouTube educational videos <laughs> and concerts. I've really been bulking up my subscriptions on YouTube. And, uh, you know, at night I sort of sit there, Emma's been working. So like, we're not, you know, we haven't finished the great yet because she's been working. So I've been on my own and we had the RNC and the DNC. I didn't watch the RNC. I watched YouTube, but you know, I like, um, so I've got like 50 or 60 subscriptions. And then each day I just sort of see what new videos these people posted. And I've been adding a lot of home improvement stuff. I'm really obsessed with this concept called barn dominiums, which is basically like open floor plan, like, uh, barns, like kind of like warehouse style, you know, corrugated metal barns turned into houses. And the kind of the genius of it is they're very cheap. They're very durable and they don't have any internal load bearing walls. So you can configure them however you want inside, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so I'm really obsessed with barn dominiums. I want to live in a barn dominium someday. Uh, I watched like a live performance. KCRW has been doing stuff from the archives. So they had zap mama. I don't know if you know those guys, uh, woman, uh, but, uh, you know, sort of world music. And I, I really like zap mama. I can't remember really discovered her years ago, but I am super into it. And there was like an old performance. That was amazing. Sturgill Simpson, old performance. That was amazing. I've been watching a ton of home improvement. I've been trying, like I said before, if there's something I've been confused about in my life, I'm like, I need to just learn this and figure it out. I used to read and now I'm just watching YouTube videos and it's so much easier. So finally I was like, I'm going to tackle my fear of compressed air tools and really understand what the difference is between that and electric. So I watched like a ton of comparison videos and analysis and reviews and like learned how compressors, I mean, I know how compressors work, but how they work with tools, learned all the different mounting gears and fittings and, and sort of like trying to decide if it's worth it. And I don't think it is. I think we'll just stick with electric. We don't do a lot of like, you know, a lot of home improvement. So, and it's all over the house. So I don't think compressed is for us. We don't have a workshop. We have a workbench, but you know, 
Uh, but I just wanted to learn it. And I was like, sort of figured all that out. Um, yeah. Well, you know, like Adam Savage watched stuff in his, in his cave, his like one day builds and things like that. My friend Scott Beal, who runs laughing squid has been ripping all his old videos from the early, he's an early, early, early first burning man kind of guy. I went to all their first ones. I think he went to the first one and, uh, you know, interviews with the founders, people like that. Cool. Like just really cool old archival of the San Francisco art scene before the tech ruined the town kind of stuff. That is really, really great. I strongly recommend that stuff. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, I'm really obsessed with this woman, April Wilkerson. She's like a Texan mom. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if she's mom. I don't know if they have kids, uh, like wife. And she like, uh, just does amazing home improvement stuff. And like over the course of three years, she, you know, she started this with a little shop that she stole from her husband because he had a garage too. And, you know, making just little things around the shop and, you know, learning the basics of like home vacuum or like shop vac systems and, and, you know, how to make a shelf. And, but by the end she's built like this massive 3000 square foot workshop on their new property on her own and included like an entire like rainwater capture system and amazing. I just, I mean, she's a, she's developed as a human. So amazingly across these two or three years, it is a bit of a bummer that like one of the early episodes, I went back and watched them all. Like there's a Bush Cheney like uh, poster in their garage. And I was like, I knew it. I knew she's a Republican, but she's, I don't know. She's great. I'm going to just pretend I didn't see that. I assume that maybe she's gone blue. They are in the Austin area. They started out in the foothills of the, you know, the, uh, the Texan Hills, the Hill country where LBJ is from, you know, but, uh, anyway, she's great. And I've really been enjoying watching those. I watched this amazing sort of documentary with Ludwig Gorenson on the composition and recording of the Mandalorian soundtrack. And it really just made me want to like, you know, he's like, I just hold up for a month and I did nothing but make music until I figured it all out. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to do that so bad. That sounds amazing. You know, but I got a job and a family, so I will never get to do that. But it just sounded so amazing. And, you know, all these different textures and, and you know, like weird instruments. And it was just like, and he, you, know, you watch him record it. And it was, it was just so cool. It was really awesome. Look that up if you can. Uh, a lot of gardening people. There's this weird sort of like... Um, kind of like yeah dude bro dude in new jersey his name is james priono and uh at first you're like oh my god this is gonna be intolerable but he's actually really really like a sweet dude and he's like got this amazing garden it's called his food forest and like he just he's like the best educational content on gardening i really enjoy him and i've become obsessed with like making grapes i'm gonna grow grapes they take years but i figured it all out i know where i'm gonna plant them i'm gonna build this trellis and a little archway and uh then i'm gonna like plant the grapes it'll take two or three years before they start growing grapes but you can do it here they grow here so it's kind of like a back of my head kind of project i want to do on the taking up my gardening to the next level you know what i mean then there's these people that like bought a chateau in france and the whole family moved in like 10 of them and it's called doing it ourselves and they're just like renovating this like almost nearly destroyed french chateau it's got like a you know like a a chapel on the property and a greenhouse. It's like Hogwarts, you know, <laughs> they're just really amazing. I'm really into them. Uh, and then like, I've been watching all these documentaries on how to flush your tankless wa hot water heater. Cause we got to like flush it soon. And we're not going to have a plumber do it because we don't want them in the house. So it's like, Oh, we got to figure out how to do this. So I'm watching educational stuff on that. A lot of tiny desk concerts. I watched the Billie Eilish one. They've got a fake tiny desk. Do you know about this? They ship them to the artists and they, they perform in it and then they move it and ship it off to the next artist. It's kind of cool. So they do tiny desks at home now. Uh, and I watched an old Dan Deacon one. And uh, there's a project my friend is working on that he's involved in. And so I've been sort of like catching up on Dan Deacon. And then uh, Jamila Woods, I didn't know who she was. I have Jamila's confusion from good, The Good Place. And I was like, I'm going to sort this out. That's my new theme. Sort out anything you're confused about. 
so I watched a Jamila Woods, uh, it wasn't tiny. Oh, KCRW. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. My friend, Og Stone, I watch all his like video podcast stuff. He did a really, really good one with Martin Atkins from pig, pig face and killing joke. I've been watching those a lot of stuff like that. I just, it, every day it's a little surprise of what comes up in my, what was recorded today. You know, a lot of like Arturia and novation music stuff from back when I was making the record. I'm not watching so much of that stuff, but I try to keep it like up with, you know, new, new plugins and instruments and stuff, but I don't think I need any new instruments. If I'm going to make another record, I can do it with the shit I already own. That's my plan. Uh, yeah, so that's it. No movies. Uh, I barely read a book. I started a Keynes biography and like a hundred pages in, I'll talk about it if I ever make any more progress on it. Uh, I've been reading this for, it's like a hundred pages and it's taken me a week to read, uh, a book by my friend, Lisa Carver that her kids wrote called Sadie Wolf and friends. Sadie is her daughter. Wolf is her son. And, uh, it's just so hilarious and I, it cheers me up at night. So actually I mean, I should read that tonight. I could use some cheering up. That'll be good. But yeah, not a lot on the book front right now. It's YouTube videos and music and work. Work is a lot. There was like six giant documents I had to write over this week. Each one required collaboration with other people. They all had different deadlines, all the stuff with the Apple IDFA stuff and, you know, like working on like some pitch stuff with some clients and two different big client pitches, like uh, just so much, so much, like everybody was getting confused about which document I'm like, I need this document. They're like, okay, I did it. I'm like, no, it's the other document. I was kind of like the producer on the documents because Kristen, our head of product is equally busy with a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, man, it's been intense. Uh, revenue is great on the Nimbus side. Uh, still a total roller coaster on the time hop side, but at least the company's profitable. We're, we're in no danger. Things are going well. Um, a lot of potential, a lot of interesting stuff that's going on. Uh, it's getting closer to being able to talk about some of it, but not quite yet, but yeah, it, it keeps me busy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, more so than it ever has before. It is a very, it's a job, man. It's a job. It is a job. This might be the longest uh, web Chatham report in history, certainly in the last year or so. So thank you for bearing with me. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Do drop a line. It's always nice to hear from people. And uh, take care of yourselves. And I hope you guys are doing all right out there with this stupid virus. Yeah, be safe.